This is the Puppy Training Podcast, episode 105, Just Be Nice, teaching your dog to play nicely with others. This podcast is designed to help you on your journey of becoming best friends through love and learning as you train your own dog from home. And I'm here to help you every step of the way. This is the Puppy Training Podcast, and I'm your host, Amy Jensen. Hello, how are you today? Are you having a good day? I know the human experience is to have both good and bad days, but today for you, I hope it is a good one. I was thinking about this actually a lot this week and wondering why so many people today struggle with anxiety, worry, stress, etc. Think about our society today and how quickly we are able to get rid of discomfort. I know right now you're probably thinking, Amy, is this a puppy training podcast or are you diving into psychology? I'm not going too crazy on you guys, I promise. But think about it. If I'm in my car and it's too warm, there's a button to fix that right away. I can push the button to the exact degree that I want to feel. If I'm too cold, guess what? There's a button for that too. If I'm on the road and I'm hungry, I don't have to wait until I get home to make something. I can just grab something from the nearest drive-through and be eating in no time. We have done such a good job of cutting out the hardships in our society to the point that we can satisfy our discomfort almost immediately. I believe it makes it harder for us to then handle the hard emotions, the ones that cause discomfort the ones we don't like, the ones that stick around for a while, and we just want to get rid of them. We just want to get back to feeling good right away. Are you like me? That's how I am. I wonder if this is the same or similar for our dogs. I know it definitely relates to training. Many just want a quick fix right away. We want things to change right now for the better. But some things take time. Dog training takes time. Our dogs are not robots. Remember that it's important. They are living, breathing creatures and they need love and patience when it comes to learning. We do too, right? So be kind to yourself this week. Be kind to your dog too. We are all doing the best we know how. I want to give a shout out to Amanda for today's topic. She sent in a question about getting her dog to play more nicely with other dogs. And I thought it would make a great podcast topic for this week. This is one of those things that won't likely be a quick fix. This is something we can help our dogs achieve over time. So break out the patience card. We all need a few more of those. Before we dive too deeply into the topic, are you sure your dog isn't playing nicely? Recognize it is normal, happy play for dogs to bite, jump on, or growl at other dogs. They use their paws, their bodies, their mouths, their teeth to interact with one another. Focus more on the balance between the two dogs. Ask yourself, do they both seem happy? Is one more happy than the other? One is one more stressed than the other. When that balance shifts to one side, conflict is more likely. Also check out overall body language as a complete picture. Not just one part. Are the dogs relaxed? Are they stiff? What does their whole picture look like? Not just their tail, not just their ears. What does all of it look like put together? Are their movements loose and bouncy or not? If you put both dogs on a leash and then you release the dog you think is not having a good time, do they go back for more play? Or does that dog then check out with a big, phew, thank you. I needed a break. 
that dog is too intense, right? So just a few things to think about. But if you do decide that your dog needs help playing more nicely and in a more balanced way with other dogs, then what? I suggest starting young. So if possible, and you're maybe you're listening to this podcast today and you're about to get a puppy, or maybe you have a puppy at your house currently, set up play dates for them with another puppy. Notice the one-on-one concept rather than a large group. That is about, you want to find a puppy that is about the same age, size, and energy match as your dog. These do not have to be exact, but good to keep in mind. Puppies do pretty good at teaching each other what is too rough, what is okay, and what hurts. They often will yelp if the teeth clamp too hard, right? They retreat if it gets to be too much. They walk away from each other. So they're very good at teaching each other appropriate play. The other thing is you're also there to monitor. And what you're going to be watching for is turn-taking. We want play to flip-flop back and forth between the two puppies. So to help with this or to teach a puppy how to do that, if you don't see a lot of flip-flopping or you don't see a lot of going back and forth, then we interrupt play every few minutes. We help those dogs learn to settle themselves and then go back to play. And then they practice settling themselves and then they go back to play. So we can help teach them to do that type of flip-flopping. So this will help the puppies regulate their play and it keeps them from getting overly stimulated to the point they struggle focusing and play often becomes too rough, right? So keep play sessions short, mix in training. Now the training can be very simple. That's things like we're going to lure each puppy away from one another. It does help, by the way, to have two people for this. Each handler can ask for simple things like sit, yes, watch me, yes, touch, yes, down, or stays. You can do a whole host of things. Just keep your puppy busy, get their brain off of the other puppy, and help them relax. Do some of those downs or some of those simple stays, even just a few second stays. And after one to two minutes, say, are you ready to let your puppy go? And we both agree and we say, okay. And we let the puppies go back to play. And then we watch them and observe their body language. Now, at this point, when we sent them back to play, they should be in a zone two, right? They should just have come out of a settle and now they can play appropriately. They're not overly tired. They're not overly stimulated. They've had a little break. So when they go back to play, it's more likely to be appropriate. When they do go back to play, watch them, observe their body language, make sure it is loose and noodly. I like to relate puppies to noodly type body language, where if you think of a spaghetti noodle and it's really wiggly and you can dangle it, we want that nice, bouncy, loose feeling in our dog's body language. We also want to watch for that flip-flop and the puppies taking turns, they're taking turns chasing, they're taking turns being on the ground, etc. And then we interrupt again for a mini training session, and then we go back to play. And this back and forth keeps the play fun for both dogs. Your dog gets practice focusing on you instead of the other dog, which is awesome training. And they get to go back to the fun, which makes those training sessions worth it to them. Now, even if your dog is older, you're saying, Amy, I don't have a puppy. I have a seven-month-old dog, or I have an eight-month-old dog, or I have a two-year-old dog, right? You can use the same technique to help them learn to play more nicely. You teach your older dog basic cues like the sit, down, stay, come and touch. And all of those things you can do on your own time. You can practice on your own, right? With your dog. And then we practice using these during play sessions with another dog. And we practice getting these solid responses when they're in the presence of another dog. Again, one-on-one is best. Don't do this in a group setting. Let's do this one-on-one with you and your dog and maybe a friend and their dog. 
Now you can use these to take breaks during play. So use the sit, come, stay, watch me, those kinds of things um, to help your dog take a break and try to take a break before your dog needs one. I think a lot of us go wrong in that we wait until our dog's to the point where they're playing in not a nice way. They're playing too rough, right? Don't let it get to that point. Um, In our program, we talk a lot about the puppy zones. Stop play before your dog gets to zone four, that zone where it's hard for them to think. They're overly stimulated. They're tired. And thinking about what they should do or what is appropriate is hard for them. They simply react. Don't wait until your dog is there. Instead, interrupt more often, more frequently. Make it fun and worth it to them. Then let them go back to play. And we help them do that flip-flopping behavior. So we interrupt. We do a little mini training session. We wait for them to settle. And with these older dogs, you might need to wait longer. You might need to do more settling practice. You know, they can just be settled at your feet and every so often drop a little food reward between their front paws. Keep them settling every so often. Again, down the road, just drop another little food reward. Wait till they relax. Really wait until your dog's laying on the ground relaxed and let them go back to play. And we can, the more often you do this, the better your dog gets at this. Okay. So again, don't wait until your dog is there. Instead, interrupt more often, make it fun and worth it to them. And then if you decide that returning to the play is not the best idea, maybe your dog can't handle it. Maybe you really do need to go and give them a nap, right? Because they're having a hard time playing in an appropriate way. You can play with them as you exit, right? Pull out the little tug toy and you play with your dog as you exit and say, thanks for the play session. We'll see you guys later. They may just need a nap or some downtime. So make sure you give it to them or provide that for them if they need it. Now, if your dog struggles with being overstimulated around other dogs, avoid dog parks or other group settings. Instead, as mentioned, set up the one-on-one session, like you would with a new puppy, to help your dog learn to play with one dog. When they can handle playing with one dog, then maybe we can introduce two dogs, but I wouldn't push that too quickly. So this scenario will be much less overwhelming to them and to you, and then we can progress from there. Now, as with most things, when it comes to dog training, you guessed it, this takes time. So be patient. Have you heard me say that before? Dog training is wonderful for expanding one's patience levels. It kind of makes us do that. Now, this is no exception. Set your dog up for success. Find a good playmate with similar size, age, and energy levels as your dog. Choose a nice, friendly, happy dog to start with, okay? Start with a one-on-one setting rather than a group, so no going to dog parks for a while, and interrupt play for those small training sessions where your dog learns to settle themselves. Again, the more you practice going back and forth, back and forth, the better your dog will get at flip-flopping the play. And then you go back to play, if appropriate, after they've settled themselves, and you'll just see that it gets better and better. We are happy to help. As members of our online puppy school my team of uh, trainers and myself, we meet with clients online via video and we're, we coach them through a play session, helping them identify the good and the not so good body language. We're happy to point that out. We're happy to coach you as to when to interrupt and when to go back to play. So please reach out to us if you find yourself needing help. You guys have a fabulous week. If this happens again to be a frustrating week for you, I wish you all the best in sitting in it, feeling it, processing it as patiently as possible. Sometimes it just takes time. Keep practicing, focus on one thing to improve on rather than looking at an entire list, right? Take a deep breath and enjoy those dog kisses. I'll talk to you soon. If you have a question about anything you heard on this podcast or any other puppy training question, visit my site baxterandbella.com to contact me. 